Always fun to visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com as we do this every week. And, uh, Brian, happy holidays to you and your family. How are things going? Uh, same to you, Dan, and to all the regular listeners out there. In terms of – there's a lot of baseball news, which people wouldn't maybe realize, but uh, in terms of the minor leagues, kind of business as usual right now, isn't it? Yeah, we're even seeing a few signings now and then of teams signing uh, guys to minor league contracts now and then even with a spring training invite. So, you know, even though the major league business is out, the minor leagues are still proceeding as planned. Let's talk, too, about uh, Mike Schilt going to work for Major League Baseball. Uh, as we both know, saw him at the Major League level and the Minor League level, great baseball mind, and it seems to probably be a pretty good fit. Not only a great baseball mind, but a, a very level-headed individual as well, very practical, good thinker. And if you think about Mike Schilt, even when you know things didn't go well necessarily uh, for the Cardinals with the umpires, he was always professional in his approach and uh, – He's going to be working for the on-field operations department in uh, in Major League Baseball, and they're most known for meeting out discipline and uh, you know keeping tabs on the umpiring. And it's not that unusual for a former manager to do that. I mean, uh, a lot of former managers have gone to work for Major League, but Joe Torre's one, for example, who also did some time broadcasting. Uh, so you know, it's obviously it's a placeholder job. It's a job where he gets a little more experience and exposure. But I think, you know, what's in Mike Schilt's blood is to is to work with players and, you know, just maybe a one-year, two-year at most type of thing I would expect before he gets a job. The Part of the challenge for him this winter, Mike Schilt speaking, is that by the time he became available, there were only maybe a hand, there were only just a handful of manager jobs left, San Diego, Oakland, the Mets. I'm not sure there were many others. So even though he got an opportunity to interview for at least one of those, if not multiples, you know, the fit may not have been right for them or him. But, again, I think I don't think Mike Schultz's days at 53 years old and managing in the major leagues are, are behind him. In terms of the uh, Rule 5 draft, that did happen with minor league baseball. What happened with the Cardinals in, in terms of what they lost and what they picked up? Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting situation, Dan. This is the first time, at least in my memory, that the Rule 5 draft has been broken into two pieces. And the major league phase of the Rule 5 draft is the one that, you know, tends to get the most interest and attention because those players uh, join, the players that are selected join a major league roster. And so they're guys who can contribute immediately. Whereas the minor league phase, they're typically guys who are lower in the system, maybe more depth guys than guys that are ready to come up to the major leagues and contribute. Although uh, the Cardinals in the minor league phase of Rule 5 draft picked up John Brebia in 2015, he went on to, for the Cardinals for you know good part of three seasons, so it's not impossible. But um, you know the Cardinals have, at least since I've been tracking this for 20 years, the Cardinals have never lost a player in the minor league phase of the Rule Five Draft that went on to be a significant contributor in the majors. I thought it was interesting. Baseball America came out with their top 10 prospect rankings, and maybe you can give a little insight into some of these players and and who they are and when they may contribute. So I'll start from 10, go to 1, and Mr. Burleson is number 10 as he cracks the top 10 for uh, Baseball America. Yeah, Alec Burleson is an interesting case. Uh, he's an outfielder who was drafted from East Carolina uh, in 2019. First full season, moved up very quickly from high A to double A, played very well at double A, got to Memphis, didn't play as well. Baseball America has him at 10, Alec Burleson. Baseball Prospectus, who came out before, put Burleson as high as number four. And I think that's too aggressive because 
Burleson did not hit all that well in Memphis. And the question on him is, he's a guy who does everything well, but really needs to have uh, the power really emerged to be a good corner outfielder. He's, he's not going to be a center fielder in the major. So, you know, the question is, can he show that power necessary? Uh, you know, maybe not at Tyler O'Neill's level, but certainly you want to have a starting outfielder, corner outfielder in the majors have more power. And Alec Burleson uh, still needs to show that. How about uh, Juan Yepes? Everybody's been talking about him, and he checks in at number nine. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any player in the, in the Cardinals system not only had a better year than, than Juan, in 2021, but also moved up the prospect rankings. He had kind of stalled at 20, you know, back to 2019 at high A, at a really A ball. He spent, I think, three years, four years in A ball. Got his first shot at double A, didn't really do much in 2019, but rededicated himself to his preparation for the game. And when he came back in 2021, he was like a house of fire, dominated double-A, dominated triple-A, dominated the Arizona Fall League, was named a co-hitter of the, of the year in the, in, the, in the Fall Prospect League. And as folks remember, he was added to the roster for the wild-card game, didn't play, but Juan Yepes is a, is a hitter. There's no doubt about it. He can hit at the major league level. Uh, he's not a great defender. He was initially a third baseman. He can play first. He's you know dabbled in the corner outfield positions, but He's not good and strong enough defensively probably to be a major league starter at any of those positions. But with the designated hitter coming, you know, a guy like Juan Yepes is a guy who could really, you know, help the Cardinals out in 2022. Brian Walden of the uh, Cardinal Nation is our guest. Mason Wynn's an interesting guy, and I got to wonder if more teams are going to open up their eyes or give players an opportunity to be two-way players, position players, pitchers, as we saw uh, with the Angels, but that's a different circumstance potentially um, at the MVP. But uh, you know, what do you think? Where, where's the future right now with uh, with Win? Well, Mason Win's only 19 years old, and this was his first season as a professional player. And he was at the you know the alternate camp in Springfield uh, in 2020, but that was you know practice really. It wasn't you know it wasn't game action, and the Cardinals kept Win at shortstop almost all season. He only pitched very, very briefly this year. And he hit well, better in low A, but when he moved up to high A, he, he started with a bat. But he's, you know, exceptionally good at uh, stealing bases. Very good, uh, you know, on the bases. Uh, extremely strong arm, of course, for shortstop. Might have the strongest arm in the system. So the question is going to be, you know, will the Cardinals have Win pitch more in the future, which could slow him down overall. Um, or will they continue to keep him at shortstop where defensively he's strong, but offensively, you know, he's got some more work to do, but he's such a good athlete. Um, you know, it's great to have a guy like that in your system. One of the top prospects the Cardinals have was a recent draft choice, Josh Baez, and he is at, uh, what, number eight? Yeah, Josh Baez seven. was... Uh, uh, actually, seven, I believe. Seven, yeah, yep, seven. Uh, he was a second rounder the Cardinals took. Uh, out of the Northeast, and so, you know, you wonder, again, a cold-weather player from Massachusetts, what's he going to look like? Uh, physically, uh, very impressive. I, I saw him, I interviewed him in the uh, Florida Complex League this summer. Impressive physically, very raw athletically, though. So he's got, you know, he's, he's a high-risk, high-reward kind of guy. Uh, he was talking about, you know, getting to the majors in two or three years. The reality is, in you know, in, in rookie ball, he hit 158. So, you know, he's got some learning to do, but... Uh, very talented guy. He's still playing. He's playing center right now. Although I think he'll be. He's a bigger guy. I think he'll end up being a, a corner outfielder again. A very good, strong arm. So a guy that we're, you know we're going to want to watch, but certainly is you know 
probably four years away from the majors. Well, we saw one guy make an impact in the major leagues, and that was Lars Newtbar, but he's still listed as a prospect by Baseball America at number six. Yeah, Lars Newtbar, um, again, is a guy who really burst onto the scene this last year. I think a year ago, you know, Lars Newtbar, there was questions about where he fit in the outfield pecking order, and there were so many guys ahead of him, you know, uh, um, so, but he had such a good season, both between Double AA, A, Triple A, especially Triple A, and you know he was kind of a guy in line when the when the Williamses and the Austin Deans and uh, the Lane Thomases, you know, they all kind of flamed out. Didn't you know, they all had their chance and they didn't do it? When Newpar got brought up, he showed an ability to play all three outfield positions very very well, get key hits, and he went down to the Arizona Fall League and, and played very very well. He uh, led off every day. Uh, and uh, you know played a court, played right field every day and looked really good down there and he's really solidified that fourth outfield spot which is of course a guy who could become an everyday player with an injury so you know Lars Newpar has really really improved his stock yeah, he's still a prospect because he hasn't had the necessary number of plate appearances in the majors but he'll drop off prospect list you know once the season gets going I'm 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 just fascinated with Yvonne Herrera the catcher that uh, we may see next year in the big leagues at some point but uh, he is listed as the fifth best prospect right now by Baseball America for St. Louis yeah and I think Herrera is that you know right around the right place he um, improved his hitting as the season went on in 2021 he was at double a at 21 years old, you know, extremely young for his age at every level of the system. Uh, he's going to be at AAA this next year, I'm sure, probably with Ali Sanchez, who is a, a, a very good defensive catcher, uh, who's also, you know, can hit a little bit, has come up to St. Louis, to St. Louis a few times. And defensively is where Yvonne Herrera needs to continue to grow, but he's the guy who is, you know, the heir apparent for Yadier Molina right now. And not that Andrew Kisner won't, you know, necessarily stay around, but I think the feeling is that with a good year at Memphis in 2022, you know, we could see Herrera in the major league, major leagues even later. Michael, uh, this coming season. Yeah, Michael McGreevy was the the top pick by the Cardinals, an absolute strike thrower in college. He's already listed as the fourth best prospect. What what is his timetable? You think uh, as he tries to to climb through the uh, the minor leagues and get it to uh, Major League Baseball? Well, McGreevy's known for his curveball. And, and he's a control pitcher. So, you know, he's, he's a guy who's, you know, should be able to move up through the system fairly quickly. In this first year, it's kind of hard to tell anything. He pitched, you know, one inning at a time and really didn't dominate, but that doesn't, you know, doesn't mean much of anything. I think here McGreevy is being looked at as a guy with, you know, tremendous potential. I think four is a little aggressive right now, but, you know, if he, if he lives up to the potential he's got a year from now, you know, we'll be talking about him like we do Matthew Libertor today. Interesting. And Libertor, you lead right into it. Curveball, number three. And uh, his timetable seems to be rather shorter than, than longer. Yep. Matthew Libertor again, you know, nice fastball, but, uh, you know, change up is his, is his bread and butter. Uh, he's continuing, you know, he had a, had a had, I think he led the season, if led the system, excuse me, in innings pitch this year. So, you know, he took the ball every fifth day for Memphis, except for the brief time he was away, you know, working, uh, you know, doing the Olympic qualifying thing. But Libertor, you know, showed his durability. He showed he was able to make that jump over double A last year. And, you know, his timing, he won't make St. Louis out of spring camp, you know, short of a, you know, a disaster to other pitchers or something. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if the Cardinals, Use him like they did, uh, say, Dakota Hudson, Carlos Martinez before him, which is put him in the bullpen because, you know, when he's ready, 
there's not a starting spot necessarily in the rotation, but he's such a good player. You want him with, you know, among your best 26 or whether they do something, um, you know, like they've done in the past before, which is keep him in Memphis and, you know, bring him up mid season. And Marco Gonzalez was a guy who I recall that, you know, they, they let him, you know, pitch for a second season at AAA, but then when the opening came, he was sort of a de facto six starter. But the point is Matthew Libertor really, you know, checked off all his boxes last year, continued to improve as the season went on. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, odds are very, very high. We'll see him in St. Louis this, this next season. How about Nolan Gorman? Would you anticipate him being with the big club at some point this upcoming year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The only question is going to be when, and I, you know, I, I was thinking, I, I don't remember if I mentioned this to you, Dan, but I'd love to hear if, if Gorman and Libertor, who of course, you know, live in, live in the Phoenix area and been friends for years, if they have a little bet between them, which one's going to reach a major league yeah, sooner. For sure. Uh, you know, they're both on the fast track. Um, but I think, you know, Gorman, Gorman has shown that he's ready defensively. Uh, he made a lot of progress at second base. Unfortunately, he got hurt in the fall league early on. But when he did, when he was able to play, he played very, very well. And it's just going to be a matter of how the other players in the infield, you know, work out. I don't think it would be crazy for him to spend another month, two months down in AAA. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he made the club. The Cardinals, you know, by letting guys like Jose Rondon go, um, you know, they've created a little more opportunity for a reserve to come in, whether that be Brendan Donovan or maybe even Nolan Gorman to make the team out of uh, spring training. So Gorman is two, and Jordan Walker, still a teenager, Brian, and he is the number one prospect for the St. Louis Cardinals, according to Baseball America. Yeah, and, you know, there again, just like we talked about with Mason Wynn, this was Jordan Walker's first season. Of course, he was a first-rounder in, in 2019, and uh, he played exceptionally well at low A, Palm Beach. Uh, mastered that league very, very quickly, then moved up to Peoria and played exceptionally well there as well. Uh, he's a little bit strong on his splits, leaning toward the left side, so he needs to do a little better against right-handed pitching. But we're talking about a young man who hit for power, hit for average, uh, drove in runs, could steal bases, uh, had a good eye at the plate, drew walks. And again, as you said, he's still a teenager, and he's doing that at high eight ball in his first full season as a professional. So, you know, I think... I personally, I don't think I'm ready to say that Jordan Walker today is a better prospect than Nolan Gorman, but I think that could change in a hurry. And I think you know both those guys are going to have a, a good major league career ahead of them. So you evaluate uh, minor league systems, and in particular with the Cardinals at thecardinalnation.com. Brian Walton is my guest. How good is this group that we're talking about here? Where would you put you know this group compared to some other years that the Cardinals have? Yeah, it's interesting. The, I'm not, you know, I have to admit, Dan, I don't know the other 29 systems as well as I know the Cardinals, so it's, it's hard to make that call. But I will say that the Cardinals system traditionally and in recent years has been around the mid-pack of Major League Baseball. And, but if you look at these top guys, um, you know, the top 10, 12 guys in the Cardinals system are really, really good. Now, there's a drop-off from there and a lot of question marks. But if you think, you know, what's the real purpose of the minor leagues? The real purpose of minor leagues is to get major league-ready players. And, you know, they've got a number of guys, especially on the hitting side, who are, you know, who are ready to contribute. Yepes, Newpar, Gorman. You know, these are guys that, that you know, they're going to have, a, maybe Burleson. These are guys are going to have an impact with St. Louis in 2022. And, you know, it's great to have those kind of guys in the pipeline. Right now, Libertor is the only you know, it's really stand out. We'd, we'd love to see Zach Thompson continue to continue to progress, but he's going to need more time. So, you know, on the pitching side, the Cardinals are a little further behind, but, uh, you know, they, they spent a lot of focus uh, both internationally and in the draft in 2021 to 
to try to you know shore up their pitching. So the other guys that were drafted after McGreevy are also going to be. It's going to be a really really compelling um, and interesting discussion to to uh, interesting debate uh, this spring as the Cardinals try to decide you know who are going to be their starting pitchers in in Class A ball because they've got probably a dozen guys that have you know legitimate shots to start. And you know, granted, they're in A ball, so they're a couple of years away from St. Louis, but I think. You know, once they kind of get past that gap, it looks like the pitching pipeline will start to flow better again. You're always busy every day, 365 days a year, covering the uh, the minor leagues for the Cardinals. What are you working on right now? Well, we continue to report on the, the Cardinals players who are playing in winter ball, uh, hitters and pitchers alike. And then, of course, our top 50 prospect list is coming out. And, you know, we're not as far as getting to the top 10 yet, but that'll happen, uh, you know, down the road in a month or so as we continue to roll out, uh, you know, a new prospect every day. Do you agree with the uh, Baseball America top 10? You know, I don't have a problem with their top 10. Like I said, I think I'm, I'm not sure about Walker versus Gorman yet. I think McGreevy's a little aggressive this early. But other than that, you know, I don't have a lot of complaints. I, you know, and it, it's really good, Dan, I think, to get multiple opinions about prospects because there's no right or wrong answer. There's just different perspectives, different opinions. And so, you know, I always I look at baseball perspectives. I look at Baseball America. I look at MLB Pipeline. And, you know, I try to learn from that and say, hey, why do they see, you know, this player may be different than me? Yeah, absolutely. Good way to look at it. Brian, thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch you up next week. Take care, Dan.